Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is a serial entrepreneur with more than 20 years of experience across the tech, digital, and finance industries. This gentleman co-founded and served as the CMO of Showbox. He also co-founded Convert Media, a big data platform which was acquired by Taboola. He also spent seven years as an investor at Evergreen Venture Capital, one of Israel's oldest and largest VC firms, where he led the company's internet and new media investments. Present day, he is the CEO and co-founder of Space Mesh, a fairly mined programmable cryptocurrency platform powered by a novel proof of space-time POST consensus protocol. I'm very pleased to welcome to the Crypto News Podcast, Tomer Afek. Tomer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Please don't refer to me as doctor or anything like a Mr. Gentleman, but other than <laughs> that, thanks. Happy to be here. I, <laughs> I call everyone, look, I, I'm, I can't, what am I going to call you? Like brother, my boy, like, you know, we, we don't quite have a relationship yet. I'm sure after the pod we will, but before then, you are a gentleman, you are, you know, you are older than me yeah, and, Tom, and more accomplished. Tomer be good, man. Tomer works too. But anyways, appreciate you coming on the pod. Very excited for this one. Uh, the bread and butter of this pod is, of course, Space Mesh and yourself. And I am beyond curious in regards to your novel Proof of Space Time POST consensus protocol. We will jump into that a little bit later on. However, I did some research on the show. Of course, I had to. It's my job. And... I read that you got into crypto after reading the Bitcoin white paper. You knew it was a piece of history. You went balls to the walls, all in, and here you are today, and you built an incredible piece at Space Mesh. I would love to ask you, to begin this pod, what was it about the Bitcoin white paper that got you so curious and piqued your interest so much? Well, this uh, story that you're uh, describing started when I was very young and, and uh, I was this kind of a weird kid. I couldn't really fit in. It was obvious to everybody that I'm smart, but there was some basic social skills which I've been uh, right, having difficulties with. And um, I think something like 20 years later, selling my startup and becoming, you know, financially recognized for my success. All this process has been uh, nerve-wracking and, and in many fronts, um, you know, it made me older <laughs> and, and it was full of fear and I think it doesn't have to be that way. I think there is something very different in the sausage uh, eating and in the sausage making industries. So the inside of how those uh, magnificent uh, capitalistic uh, 1.0 type successes being built has a lot of things which uh, are iffy at best. And I think the Bitcoin Nakamoto, the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper uh, found me when I was uh, pondering about that, is there no way to make money which is uh, really for the greater good? Can you not do uh, well and good at the same time? Those type of questions. And, and then reading the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper, it became clear that this is the industry I want to innovate and the, the things that I'm looking for. 
reside within the cryptographic realm. And that led me to find out who's working on what in the crypto uh, space, uh, especially out of Israel. And I came across the name of Professor Moran. And Professor Moran, uh, when we spoke, it was, Bitcoin was all the rage. Ethereum was just uh, getting started. And uh, there was something about proof of stake being named as, as an alternative to proof of work. And already at the time, Professor Moran had uh, indicated to me that he doesn't think that proof of stake is a step forward rather than maybe even a step backward from a decentralization standpoint to proof of work. And I, I, we'll, we'll get into all that with details, but in short, he uh, added uh, Dr. Bentov to the team. Dr. Bentov is a very famous Bitcoin OG and also a researcher in cryptography out of Cornell. And uh, we essentially combined the innovations that uh, both Ido and Tal have been working on separately. Professor Moran's is that of proof of space-time and this whole new realm for consensus. And Dr. Bentov was uh, bringing this idea of a tortoise and a hare, basically two consensus protocol, one which is extremely fast but with less robustness, and one slower that comes after and clean any kind of remaining divergence. And the ability to utilize uh, both this uh, fast and slow and the proof of space-time together as a combination is what we've been, you know, meticulously working on over the past four years. And yeah, we're almost there at the very end. And um, it is indeed really exciting to see how things will evolve from here. Tomer, this might be a straightforward question, but the name Space Mesh, I'm sure it derives from something in regards to the novel Proof of Space Time, which stands for POST, which is different from Proof of Work and Proof of Stake. But can you tell me why you named it Space Mesh? So it was a very uh, random moment when the four of us, uh, Professor Moran, Dr. Bentov, Aviv Ayal, my partner, and myself sat in the room and we've been uh, discussing the ability to combine the topology of a mesh rather than a chain with this idea of uh, proof of space-time. And we find it the need to say those two words, like the proof of space-time combined with a mesh multiple times in order to refer to this new idea. And then we just started to in internally call it space mesh between us because it sounds like a nice acronym that includes both. And it sort of stuck, got stuck the name and, and everybody's really liking it ever since. So the... Um, Space mesh indicates the combination of proof of space-time with a mesh rather than a chain. Topology, this is uh, rather than having a structure which is a canonical chain where every chain has uh, one uh, block behind it and one block ahead of it, 
in, in, in this layered dog structure, uh, everyone is pointing uh, one time upwards, but multiple time downwards. And this creates a, a layered type of a dog where in the end of uh, many layers, there is an ability to create many, many different blocks simultaneously without these blocks needing to uh, make a contest, as you know from proof of work. And what this achieves is that a legal block is guaranteed to get in and there is no situation where one needs to race or uh, longest chain, faster chain, all this uh, resolution type. Do you think a lot of other blockchains and crypto companies, crypto organizations will start using proof of space time in the future? I think about uh, proof of work and then proof of stake and now proof of space time as something like, uh, I don't know, thesis, antithesis and synthesis or maybe to make it easier for the listeners to understand something along the lines of proof of stake was uh, too cold, proof of work was too hot. And there is something which takes... Can you explain that? Can you please explain that for our listeners? Well, it goes deep into the intrinsics of both these protocols. I think that the proof of work, as we all know, is very secure. But this security is achieved with the uh, price of both uh, scalability and uh, energy consumption. So let's look at the resource that you are spending in order to, uh, you know, get over the permissionless aspect and, and make sure that you are not claiming to be million people and all those things, there has to be some resource being spent. And in the case of proof of work, that resource is too expensive in that sense. In a proof of stake, it is, um, the resource isn't in a sense real. This is a problem. It's a problem because um, when, for example, there is an attack on a proof of stake coin, there is a, a scenario where the price of the coin can start to go down as a result of the rumors on the attack or whatnot. And there also the security for the protocol is going down at the same time. So the reliance on something that its price isn't uh, moving this easily like the hard drive industry or the electricity industry, and, and relying on those to stay constant and provide you security when you need it is easier of an assumption than to provide than to rely on the price of the coin. And in in that sense and in many other senses, for example, in a proof of stake, you can do something called costless simulation. You need to have uh, the keys, obviously, in order to really succeed. But in other ways, you don't need to actually do any work in order to fabricate a whole lot of long history. And if you're somehow able to get, even for one point in the history, the keys, you are then able to rewrite history as you see fit. And there's a bunch of 
concerns, I think, which are uh, nicely addressed, by the way, with some uh, scaffolds by the more modern protocols. I think if you look at the Algorand, this is a very uh, legit type of proof of stake uh, type protocol, but there is another aspect to this beyond security, which is the key aspect that I'm interested in. And that is, to what degree are you uh, rich get richer with that consensus, or to what degree does it, in fact, uh, sustain some fairness towards the smaller miners or sustain fairness in general towards newcomers? And I think uh, there is a, a very strong sentiment that proof of stake is uh, failing us on this front. The, it's very much like what we have today. And uh, the axis of centralization that are created via the staking are quite evident. So in that sense, proof of space-time is the combination of taking something from the outside world, which has value, and not doing this idea of a self-referential loop, but this something that you take from the outside world is not work that you have to work as hard as you can all the time, but rather something different. You need to store huge cryptographic file on your drive for a certain amount of time. And for as long as this file remains on your drive, you'd be barely doing any work and your wallet will accumulate coins in a very fair and distributed manner. So regardless of how big is your drive, you will always be getting your fair share of the reward every two weeks, which is every epoch. And humbly, I'd say that's the best you can hope for from the protocol to be paid both fairly with regards to the amount of storage you have and nothing else, and also frequently. So, right. No, that's, that's huge. And, and this idea that if after 10 years the money will be distributed the same, why does it matter that I'll be getting mine every two weeks rather than every two years? Right, so that's a question that only a person that doesn't have money, that has too much money can ask, right? Because, okay, you're going to give me the same amount of money throughout the next four years, but uh, one will start to trickle that money from the beginning, and then whatever you do with that initial money will count, right? If you are in a waiting position for three years, all this time in between when you've been waiting for the reward, this time that you couldn't, make your uh, newly acquired money work for you in some fashion. So, yeah, what I mean is that the sense of urgency is particularly important to those who need the money. Very well said. I absolutely love that. If I were in an elevator with you and I asked for the 30-second elevator pitch on Space Mesh, if I were to do it, I would say that it is a truly decentralized blockchain that I guess anyone with a PC can be a part of that uses proof of space time rather than proof of work or proof of stake. Would you say that's accurate? How would 
what would your 30-second elevator pitch sound like? My uh, 30 seconds elevator pitch, before I'm going to jump into the pitch itself, let me just share something that is the vast majority of people don't care on the intrinsics of the blockchain that much. And they care about how can I interface with this? What can I do with it? Not what it is as something, but what is in the interface between me and the thing. So to gamble on Bitcoin with money I don't have is not appealing for a, a 20 year old. And uh, rather to be making money with the PC you already have at home with no, basically riskless. You can choose to drop out, but you will never lose money. And and that ability, I think, is what uh, Satoshi Nakamoto had in mind when he envisioned magic internet money that everybody can join via mining from home. I think that it was hard to extrapolate into the future and see the, the mining industry going uh, professional and industrialized the way it does. And... Um, so after this long intro, my 30-second pitch will be that Space Mesh is iterating closer to the original vision of Satoshi Nakamoto, and we are making a blockchain that everybody, doesn't matter rich or poor or a leopard in a basement, no KYC, no nothing is needed. There is a link, you download the software to your PC, you run it, you leave the PC open, and it accumulates money for you. And at no point, even upon a, I don't know, Amazon or something huge is choosing to join the network, you won't be in a place where you will be losing money because your monthly spend is, let's say, the additional electricity for leaving the PC open all the time, something like, probably five to eight dollars a month. And so that's why you can barely lose money, even if the rewards, the nominal rewards get smaller. Quick question for you. So are you telling me that, again, I, I don't have, do I know how to code? No. Can I use no code apps? Yes, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm irrelevant when it comes to coding. I don't know how. So I could download Space Mesh, leave it open on my desktop at all times, Soak that extra five to eight dollars per month in electricity, and that's all that it takes. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, no hidden costs, no learning how to code, nothing else. That's it. Precisely, and moreover, I see my role and my vision is to bring more and more of the functionalities that blockchain heaven already have to folks that are exactly like you described, not coders, with a brain. And want to use it, okay? So that's uh, reducing the barrier of entry doesn't stop with requiring you to have a PC and nothing else. It goes also into what it takes to write a smart contract on the Space Mesh blockchain and how to make uh, that accessible into a broader user base than what is currently using it. And uh, yeah, we have, you know, we've been working 
at least 50% of the past two years on, on the SVM and on everything that is going into that layer. And the passion I have to see the next, you know, 10 million people perhaps joining the blockchain revolution is by constantly reducing the bar for them to mind this and to participate in some of the communal or civic endeavors that are uh, coming with it. And think it will matter. It will matter less who is your daddy and how much money does he have. And it will matter way more what you want to contribute to. Where do you put your passion? How are, what choices do you make? And how are you rewarded with the local currency on those choices? So I believe the community-based economy is huge and it's just getting started. And we really need... Uh, decent infrastructure to be able to support such endeavors, such DAOs. I love that. Who's your daddy? Speaking of who's your daddy, huge shout out to CoinPoker, our friends at CoinPoker, the world's premier crypto poker platform. I've used these guys many times, still use them, not every day, but whenever I have a bit of time, whenever I'm maybe in the elevator at the condo, whatever the whatever the case is, I always whip out coin poker app on my iPhone while I'm on the go, play a couple hands at Texas Hold'em, maybe bet on some sports. Absolutely great time to bet on sports, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, both in the finals, MLBs in the middle of the season. You have the Euros, which are concluding soon, semifinals in a couple days. Absolute treat of an app. They also feature instant and secure transactions using USDT, Ethereum, Bitcoin, or CHP tokens, which is the in-game currency there's also no kyc one of the best parts if you want to go incognito this is the place for you there's also huge promotions as they give away thousands in fiat every single week along with exclusive benefits and future developments which are always delivered directly to the coin poker community highly recommend checking them out that is coinpoker.com you can also go to their website and download the app straight from there now back to the show with Tomer, Tomer, I have a quick question for you regarding the design on the website. It is an old school, super retro design. I personally love it. It reminds me of poolside.fm. Shout out poolside, no free ads, but we do love you guys. Space Mesh, the design, I'm, I'm looking at the webpage right now. It's either black or white, and it has super old font and almost programming language on it with a lot of cool little words like... Tweedledee is here. I love all of this. Tell me, like, what was the decision making behind this? Why did you guys choose to go with this layout and this UI experience? Um, I think early on, we realized that there is something along the lines of cognition circles. And there are the people who are closest to the Bitcoin revolution. The original gangsters, the people who has been from the beginning, they uh, operate on, on a cognitive level, which is very, very different than, uh, I don't know, even uh, an accountant student in Harvard or something like that. And, and the very aim to catch all these audiences with one website is just ridiculous. 
And it felt more important for us at the beginning to pay homage and to pay respect to the crypto uh, banks and the founders of this industry. And we are, <laughs> and I hope I'm not giving a surprise, I shouldn't, but we are replacing this website in two weeks with a website we've been working on now, something like four months on and extremely, extremely proud of the outcome. We've been helped by a designer from uh, Denmark out of the Hello Monday team. And that would be, uh, I'm, I'm hoping you will love that website as well. <laughs> it's less uh, sentimental, but it's way more designed. And it's, I guess, less for the cypher funks of us and more for the younger, creative, mm. uh, you know, and caring people wherever they are. Nice. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that, uh, to that design and also shout out, um, shout out Hello Monday. Quick, I want to just jump over to a bit of the VC being venture capitalist and tech scene in Israel. Again, I've never been to Israel. It's on the to-do list. I'd love to go to Tel Aviv. It looks absolutely beautiful. And I'm very aware that there is an absolute incredible and passionate and disruptive community in Israel and more so Tel Aviv, just a crazy amount of disruption, a crazy amount of innovation, disruption in a good way, I mean, trailblazing industries. Can you tell me a little bit about the scene in Israel and why the needle gets moved so quickly? Like, what is it about the community there? Is it the government? Is it the people? Is it the funding? What is it that gives you guys such a leg up on the competition? It's a great question. I don't necessarily am the right person to ask that. There has been many attempts to gauge at that. I think that um, something along the lines of the uh, army that we must go to in that system, the way it is good with uh, pre-sporting talents in many disciplines. And then also as we move out of the army and we start our way in the entrepreneurship scene, there is a lot of support. A lot of support as an ecosystem that you don't need to really know how to do uh, very well. All the things which are not the core competence of the company, but I find these answers to be somehow less... Uh, satisfying and if you want my hum, again it's my opinion it does I'm not a researcher in this space but I believe culture at large is a, a part of this and culture is something that evolves slower than you know individual choice making and there is something about this uh, both being in, in a somewhat of a tensed environment and both being in a, in a position where you have no internal market. So your orientation is multilingual and towards the outside from the get-go. All those things and some other aspects of being a Jewish Israeli 
this these are this this run deep. No, I I completely agree. One of the things that I'm I have so much respect for is Shabbat. I, I again I'm in Toronto. There's a pretty prominent Jewish community in Toronto, and I have a good amount of friends who go offline every Friday. Uh, every Friday night, and uh, and they don't go back online until you know Saturday night. And taking that almost twenty four hours off, no technology, doing things the old school way, and um, and, and really, I almost find it's 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 almost a, a form of meditation in some sense because you're you're thankful and you're grateful of something that's just more than yourself. Maybe I'm going the wrong way with this here, but again, I just look at some of my friends who are extremely successful. Very mature for their age, and uh, and I feel like that sense of enlightenment and taking that day off of technology allows you to sort of recharge, and and you know and refuel up before before attacking the next week. Definitely love what you're saying, my friend. But I would uh, uh, argue that my stance here is that I would like for the benefits of the community to be felt and experienced even by those who are secular and uh, that greater good that we can collaborate on, which is outside of us and allows us context to show our shine, our particular shine, that's exactly the essence that we in the blockchain industry wish to bring back. And it doesn't have to be via believing in the almighty God, though it might be. But I think there is, again, it's my humble opinion, there's some things in modern religion which are laundry. Laundry over many generations of something which was... uh, sacred to the people who made it, but over time, sometimes lost touch. So being able to think about the future in an inclusive manner and find world problems that you have passion to collaborate on and solve together with some friends and use real money and real leverage and real momentum to do that. This is not Boy Scouts. This is real. (laughs) <laughs> and yet it's working towards the greater good and you have no boss. You do what you see like. And I believe that it's, uh, you know, so anyways, I'm, 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 I want to finish my tour with this idea that I've been the CEO of a startup company and I'm now the CEO of a crypto project. My culture now I argue is 17 times better than my previous culture. And yet, I use uh, no enforcement, no policing. I do none of those things. Well, I used to do those when I was telling people what to do all the time. But when you're able to create a group of autonomous people that choose what to do because they align on the cause that you are aligned on. That's next level from a coherence and, and unity standpoint. And, and those things are important. And if you want to talk about the ultimate winning together, 
Yeah. I believe it's collaborating on something which is outside of any given individual among the group and finding alignment and, and even therapy, like you were saying, in this idea that we stick the meaning to something outside of us and we're not locked inside our own jail. I read your Medium article about the five things that you wish someone told you before you became CEO. Number one on that list was culture. You said that culture is everything and that it is bar none the most important factor of any startup or any company for that matter. You just talked about culture a minute ago. And I'm very curious to understand what have you done differently when you were a startup at Convert Media, sorry, when you were the CEO at a startup, Convert Media, which was sold to now the CEO of a crypto project. What, are the, what, what have you done differently and, and sort of what, what light can you shed on creating a world-class culture like you have at Space Mesh? Wow, that's a big question. I think there is something along the lines of uh, making the people be autonomous and it takes time to get there, especially when there is a group of 15 top talent and you are the new uh, girl that just joined. So there is something like nurturing, like hand-holding, like protecting, not shielding, but really like trying to make sure that the, you know, I think that uh, in the previous company, I could say something like, now let's do this because I chose to. Okay, and I could say that really nicely and never shout, but it was still violent in that sense that you all now do what I say. In Space Mesh, while we can uh, argue in passion and even raise our voice, and it might seem a whole lot less civilized from the outside, no one gets to say something like, okay, we do that because I say so. There is only argumentation until we are uh, in, in alignment and conviction. And this goes into everything else in the company. I think that uh, allowing the people some room to maneuver, allowing them to speak over me, to uh, contradict me, and to make fun of me as the CEO is, is a part of what makes the culture in Space Mesh uh, so unique. And I think I, I now understand my role more as an architect of talent as opposed to like a motivator or a something along the line of a vision setter. And I think about life in a different way. Whenever we encounter with a new and tough problem, we just surround the problem. We really feel into the problem. We go to sleep and maybe two days later, there is something else that we understand. And just being able to do this new dance it's a new type of a dance. How do you respond to reality? How do you respond to real-life events? This is uh, to dance in a group rather than to be isolated alone as a CEO that takes all the decision and then sort of bring them down. 
is both easier for me as the CEO because I'm not that alone anymore. And it's both doesn't allow all this like corner cutting that you uh, would potentially do when you are deciding by yourself. And then you have to face the, the subtleness and the small details. And, and that's, yeah, just better on every aspect. But it's not for everybody. I mean, there are some people who can't uh, change the way they uh, operate so much. And they want to have dates and they want to have, uh, you know, linear hierarchies. It just, reality isn't like that. And it helps to be able to be more adaptive and more responsive. So I hope that gives you some color on your question, but it's a question we can be chatting on forever. That's well said. I think that all ties back to the name of the company as well, or, or the projects you call it Space Mesh. You know, you're trying to have everyone mesh together rather than have that hierarchy and uh, and and you know democratic system with rules and policies and regulations that everyone has to follow. It more just everyone aligns for that end goal and uh, do what you got to do, make shit happen, have have fun, and and the rest is history. The rest takes care of itself. But um, Tomer, this has been awesome. I I really appreciate you coming on. Would love to have you on for. Round two in the future, and um, after hearing your pitch on Space Mesh, I'm definitely going to give it a try, and uh, you know, soak a bit of electricity and uh, and and make some cake. So, really appreciate you coming on. Before we do wrap up, do you have any questions for me? Is there anything that you would like to know from uh, from myself? Mm, what would you like to see from Space Mesh that you haven't seen from other blockchains? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, honestly, I, I would say that you've sort of tackled the problem, not the problem, but sort of the issue I have with other blockchains, and that is the barrier to entry. It's just with, with anything new and anything fruitful, I often find that the people, the gatekeepers, make a higher barrier. It's a higher gate or a border or a wall, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the reason they do that is because then you know, not everyone can get in. And oftentimes when everyone gets in, there are less fruits to pick from that tree. And how do you protect the fruits on the tree? You put up a big wall. And I feel like that's what blockchain has done. Mind you, we are extremely early in the space, blockchain, crypto, the whole nine yards. We're still very early. I've seen all the comparisons to, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands of the internet, still a phenomenal time to get in. But that barrier to entry is still very tough, especially for people who do not have a lot of knowledge in the space. And after hearing your pitch on uh, on how easy it is to get in, I think that's great. The only thing I would maybe do is I would maybe even have a video front and center on your website. Again, I'm uh, you know I'm I'm 26 years old, and if I can read something, I'll read it first. But if there's a 30 second video that shows me how to where to navigate the website, to download the application, download the program, and and to start actually you know using the proof of space time and getting that up and running. That's probably the only thing I'd want to see. And if, if it was as easy as you say it is in, in a 30-second video, I don't really know what else I need. You know, like you explain, hey, it's only gonna cost you about 10 bucks a month. You can all you gotta do is leave your computer on. You don't have to you have to download one simple thing. There's no viruses, it's all good. Again, low barrier to entry. 
That's it. So I, I sort of rambled on there, but to answer your question, it would be the low barrier to entry, which you guys have already done. I would just want to, I would probably want to see a video or a little how to right on the front page of the website just to, to get those new users on board. Brilliant, Matt. Just bear with two more weeks, new website coming up, tons of videos. And we'll just, if I may say something, which is like a, I'm very much hopeful for the uh, younger, more creative audience to join. This isn't like a coders only type of revolution. And NFTs is already providing many new ways of making money for an artist. So if you are an indie artist looking to become autonomous, please make the effort to join this uh, revolution and become a part of, of this you know, regenerative type business model that artists have been craving for for a long time. So, Love that. No, sorry, keep going. No, I'm, I'm done, Matt. Thanks. That was oh, okay. fun. And, and that's definitely, if you want to do a more... Uh, Tech-focused conversation, we can do that as well. 100%. Once Crypto News TV gets launched, I would love to have you on for a more nitty-gritty and tech-focused episode. Tomer, this has been an absolute treat. Thank you so much for coming on. Before we let you go, can you please let our guests know where they can find you and Space Mesh online and on socials? So spacemesh.io, the website, and there is a link from the website to the Discord server. We have a very active humming Discord server. Um, and yeah, something like 9,000 people. And, and there are some super friendly people there that will help you and guide you in anything that you need. So my recommendation, go to spacemachine.io, join the mailing list, join the Discord server, and you're good to go. Amazing. Tomer, thank you so much for coming on. Had a blast and uh, hope you did too. Bye for now and we'll have you on again shortly. Thanks, man. Appreciate everything you're doing to educate people. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. Folks, this was Tomer Afek from SpaceMesh.io. Hope you had a blast listening to this episode. I certainly did. Huge shout out to our team, everyone involved, especially Eustace. Congrats again on being a new father. That is absolutely incredible. And shout out to Ishan, who's doing an amazing job with the transcripts and also helping out with the nitty gritty of the pod. Listeners, love you, appreciate you guys. If you could leave a review or subscribe to the pod, that would mean the world. We will keep cranking out episodes for you. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and a wonderful rest of the week. Keep enjoying summer, keep getting that tan on, stay healthy, and we'll see you all shortly. All the best, bye for now.